back to another edition of the Deeper Dive podcast produced locally in the Archdiocese of Washington at Sacred Heart Roman Catholic Church in the Plate of Maryland. My name is Bill Winnell. Once again, joined by Father Larry Swink. Hey, Bill. And our two seminarians, Ray. Good afternoon. And not Benedict today. Ah, oh, John Paul Shanahan. <laughs> uh, today we're going to talk about temperaments. Yep. Father. All right. So... I, I, I'm really excited about this podcast because I've been I've been kind of studying this and today like I think everyone is a little bit neurotic you know with what's going on in society and you really need to learn Wait, why are you saying that <laughs> <laughs> no I mean just you are just so like pent up and and um, I just think communication is just is key in these matters and but if you look at um, I think one of the struggles we have as human persons is communication if you talk about Marital problems, uh, stat, you know, it, when you're, you know, in a parish, uh, pastor to his, you know, to his parishioners, bishop to his priest or whatever. Usually the, the, the thing that people get really angry about is like people don't know how to communicate well. And um, I, I want to look at these classic temperaments. And I mean, not just with communication, but like how every person has a particular temperament. Okay. And there's a way we react to certain certain things and there's and there's certain ways that you approach uh people with this particular temperament and i think if we just had a, a couple of things in our in our artillery belt i think communication would be better so first off what we're going to do is i am go, we're going to there's four classical temperaments according to saint thomas we're going to look at them and uh we're going to talk about what is a temperament and then the other thing we're going to look at is and with this discussion is what are the strengths and weaknesses of each temperament? How you talk to a person with that temperament, and also some things in your spiritual life that will help you if you have that particular temperament. Okay, now before and everyone, uh, you're like, well, why do I know which one I am? Okay, you might know from the description, but if you want to be able to find out in 14 minutes, go to Fish Eaters Temperament Test. Google that Fish Eaters Temperament Test. Fisheaters.com, a Catholic website, and this gray screen will show up with little white boxes on the side. And the last question is you just, do, and then within 14 minutes, you'll know your temperament, and then you'll be able to know how to deal with certain problems and how to how to react to certain uh, situations. Okay, so let's start. Ray, would you define for everyone what is a temperament, please? Absolutely. Uh, I would say a temperament is the pattern of inclinations and reactions that proceed from the physiological constitution of the individual. So oh. just, you know, how a human person uh, reacts to stimuli, how are they motivated, how are they triggered, how are they fired up, things like that. Okay, great. And and so basically we all react somewhat maybe uh, similar to certain things but and, and different than other things. And we've always understood this as a church going back to the medieval times. Now, thank you, Ray. That was a beautiful definition all right there are four there are four temperaments i'll say them and i'll give a quick definition then we'll go through each four and then we'll discuss these number one is the sanguine the sanguine is the party animal the person that's oh sometimes just goes to the party and sometimes just goes a little bit too far you know is a lot of fun you know um one of the, you know uh, let's just leave it at that that's the sanguine carefree carefree yeah i mean just it's sort of like you know just kind of like whoo you know kind of person and we'll talk about the strengths and weaknesses of that number two the choleric choleric is uh the mission driven we're gonna get it done um sort of uh I don't jocko know. willink yeah jocko willink i mean just 
you know, really has, has got mission. Uh, we'll talk about the strengths and the meats of that is uh, melancholic is your introverted, hypersensitive person. Okay. Love and, Larry. <laughs> that's, that's me to a T. All right. And then the phlegmatic. The phlegmatic is like, it's just um, the kind of person who's just uh, very uh, consistent, but, um, you know, doesn't really have too many highs and lows, but they don't really do a lot. Uh, I think in Winnie the Pooh, uh, Eeyore was a phlegmatic. Okay. So they're just great people, but they're not, they're just not kind of chugging along. They're just doing their stable. thing. And like a lot of times they're not noticed and they could care less. Okay. So those are the four temperaments. And I know those are, those are weak, but let's, let's jump into us. All right, let's start with the sanguine. And I want you guys to kind of chime in here. Now, the first one is the sanguine. Okay. Like I said, uh, the sanguine is a lighthearted party person, good qualities. They're fun to be around. They're friendly, generally loving, uh, loving people. They light up a room. They're jokesters. Okay, that's all good stuff, right? Very, very much people, people, you know, very oriented towards the person. They're kind of the person is one of the first things that they're uh, directed at. They always notice the individual. Right, right. It, very much like Benedict Raditz. <laughs> yeah, you think Benedict is a, is Benedict a so. sanguine? I think we'll give him that. You think so? I think so. Benedict, if you're listening to this, I want you to take the test. You've been called a sanguine. All right, so. Let's Party look at animal. some saints, some saints that were sanguine. St. Peter, you know, remember he was kind of like, all, I, I'm sure he was a lot of fun to hang out with. He was also, I mean, he's just, he'd have, uh, St. Francis de Sales actually was a sanguine. St. Philip Neri was a, was a sanguine. Uh, famous uh, secular sanguines, Ronald Reagan, Bill Clinton, Magic Johnson, mm. Franklin Roosevelt, and Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> it's a lot of like spontaneous, impulsive. You kind of see that in Peter. Right. He's ready to just, you know, Drop the nets, cut off someone's ear, like just you know, get at it. Uh, but you know, isn't always doesn't always have the most kind of direction to him. He needs to kind of be guided by the Lord a lot sometimes. Right, that energy. Right, and that that's exactly it. Is like so. All right, so let's talk. All right, so they're maybe the good qualities. They're fun around. They're friendly. They're generally loving people. But what's the negative thing? Okay. All right. There's there's three things that are really negative about a sanguine. Uh, number one, instable. There there there's an instability about them. Okay, like you never know what they're going to do. You know, they're like a powder keg, you know. Uh, number two, they tend to be superficial. Uh, you know, in other words, you're like trying to have a serious conversation. Like, oh, yeah, you know, they're joking like, hey, it's time to get serious. Okay, because everything's a freaking joke, you know. And then and then uh, the last thing about it is um, they can be in, uh, in con there's a problem with inconstancy. Like they, um, you know, they'll start something, but they won't finish it because the, what's next stimuli, you know. So. All right, so that's one of the one of the negative uh, things about them. They tend to talk too much. They don't like to be alone, which isn't a bad thing, but they just they don't know how to hang out with themselves, and they don't like to sit down and pray. Mm. And there, that that's a problem. All right, now I don't. I think the problem is we start naming people. It, it can get people get hurt about that, but we all know people like this, and sometimes we might have a little bit of a sanguine in us too. Um, and so a sanguine, if we want to get into the, uh, do you want to get into the spiritual right now? Do you want to save that? Well, let's look at, let's look at some of the sins that they struggle with. All right. Nice. Predominant nice. sins that sanguine struggle with. Take a guess. Party animals. Chastity. Yeah. Lust. And then what's another one? Um, obedience. No, it's all with the flesh. Gluttony. Gluttony. Yeah. I mean, they want to drink too yeah. much, yeah. but you know, it's like enough's never enough. So they usually sanguines, they're very, uh, it's like, 
it's all about the exterior and it's all about sensual stimuli. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that being said, if you have a sanguine in your family or a sanguine in your staff or your, your, your future priest, and you're dealing with a sanguine, how do you direct a person like that? Take guess you future, future priest. Let's say I walk in your office. You're like right off the bat, like, oh man, this guy, Larry's just party animal. What are we going to do with this guy? What do you do? You got to give him some structure. Amen. They they crave structure. So insightful. That's exactly what we're supposed to do here. It says Father Ripperger in his uh, psychological handbook, who was uh, an exorcist and a psychologist, said that when you're communicating with a sanguine, you have to encourage their positive traits, but you also have to give them structure. So schedules, like you have to keep on schedule. Did you pray? Um, you have to encourage them to do mental prayer. So let's say you're one of those, you say you're, you're kind of a party animal. You just, you just I mean, it's, it's not your fault you're a sanguine. You're, you're, you, it's, it's your God-given temperament. You got to sit down and you got to pray about it. And you got to chill out in front of the Lord. So, all right, let's say, let's go back. Uh, you know, Father Jack, you know, future Father Jack for the Richmond Diocese, right? You get a sanguine come to your office. What sort of prayers could you give a sanguine? Well, I think it's important, like you said, to get into mental prayer and to really examine himself. Right. Um, so I think I would really encourage encourage the sanguine to do an examination of conscience and really ask for mercy and forgiveness for where he's failed and really naming the sin, naming what he's done wrong. Right. And that way he can evaluate himself with the Lord and in the true right. presence, preferably. Love it. Examining his conscience is perfect. The other thing, too, is, and this is, we've talked about this in past uh, podcasts, is you have to give them uh, specific mortifications. Mm. They have, they're, they're the type of people that have to fast. <laughs> they're the type of people that have to maybe take a cold shower every once in a while because what? The struggle is it's always dealing with stimuli. You see that? So um, I think also getting to sit in front of the Blessed Sacrament, you know, it's huge for a sanguine. Just to have a, uh, one period of quiet amidst all this other kind of all the right. stimuli, all that to actually kind of uh, reconcile that with just being quiet and, and listening as opposed to talking. Exactly. Kind of used to. Yeah. Getting comfortable with yourself. Right. Okay. So that's, that's the sanguine. We'll go back to this. Okay. Um, the next one is the choleric. Okay. Choleric. What? All right. Here we go. These are, they're extroverted too. Uh, they're big picture people. Uh, they take charge. They're like the leader. Like, let's say, I mean, at the seminary, is there like so the one guy's always taking the lead? Ray name, Gilmore. Name <laughs> oh, yeah, Ray. Ray Gilmore, no question. Hey, did you take the test? Yeah, I did. What are you? They okay? They gave me. They gave me melancholic. Oh, you're melancholic. Well, I mean, according to Partially. the online test. Yeah, no. you're. You're probably, probably somewhere between melancholic and cleric. I think it just. Yeah, you're a mixture. Yeah. You're a mixture. Now, like, for anyone listening to this podcast, you know, first of all, thanks for listening. Um, usually there's not, you're not like one temperament. You're usually a mixture of two, sometimes three. So there's not like a strict melancholic. There's not like a strict sanguine. There's not a strict, but there's a predominant personality, the temperament. And then there's like a, a minor sort of, you know, mixture in there. And so I would say probably you're, um, a melancholic choleric. <laughs> all right. Um, nice. All right. So here we go. I'll take it. Um, now who are, um, Okay. Uh, Saints our clerics, St. Ignatius of Loyola, St. John Bosco, and St. Cyril of Alexandria. Ew. Yeah. Quite the mix. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, some secular clerics, Darth Vader. 
musical <laughs> lyric. You know, that guy was strictly business. Now that's a that's a dark version of it. Um, also, uh, William Wallace would be a movie Ooh, character. Nice. I mean, he's like, let's just let's just let's go do it. Was uh, was Adolf Hitler the cleric? Yeah, was actually, he- <laughs> Adolf Hitler was a cleric. You know, great. I mean, uh, he was uh, just a very uh, influential, mission-driven person, but uh, also possessed by Satan and did very terrible things. All right. Um, so, but that's the thing is like in every temperament, if it's not harnessed, you can do great good or great damage, right? So this thing, we have to strive yeah. for virtue. All right. Now, a choleric. Every, there's always one in the office, okay? <laughs> and every staff has the person. God forbid there's two. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, all right. Four at a pair. Okay. So they're goal-oriented. They're, they are not very people-sensitive. Um, mm, uh, timid people. Listen to this. Timid people sometimes see cholerics and their personalities as being rude or overbearing. Now, who is a choleric? I mean, uh, <laughs> what kind of <laughs> idiot would think that? <laughs> yeah, they're just all right. You Father, know, so Father Bob's texting me right now, and no, I'm <laughs> Father Bob thinks a cleric, and he maybe yes, yeah, yes. definitely, definitely a cleric. Okay, all right. Positive side of cleric: keen intellect, great powers of concentration, endurance, and a very strong willpower. So they uh, clerics are they they take charge. Negative traits. Right, they're proud. They don't want to be humiliated. They tend to be domineering, and they become too tough at times. Mm. All right, uh, yeah. If you're married to a cleric, I, I pray for you. Okay, and uh, so, uh, and they're but they're good because they keep you. They keep you. They they take they take charge. That's also a positive thing. But sometimes it can be. What's the problem with the cleric? Is they're focused on the mission, but they don't focus on what the person. The person. And person and the people's what? The feelings. Feelings. I know the feelings. Got to talk about feelings. feelings. Yeah, I know the feelings. So uh, they tend to lack compassion. You know, an right. interesting thing I was reading about when you said Saint Ignatius was a cleric, it was kind of funny because they were talking about how his, his his temperament actually evolved like over time in this biography, and they're talking about how towards the end of his life you would have never known unless you read his journals, like kind of this fire that was that was brewing inside of him because on the exterior he was he, he acted like a melancholic, you know, or like like a really Right. Really gentle, really compassionate guy, really loving. You would never think that he was this guy with this like belly, this fire in his belly. You know, wanted to like get stuff done. And well, people said he was hard to deal with. Like if you did, if you crossed him, oh yeah, it were, like it was trouble. Yeah, and right. I think that's, I mean, uh, some of this. I mean, a lot of the saints were like that. They're human. But um, and you know, you know that, that we were talking about this story with Philip Neary. And uh, do you know that story with him oh, and Saint Ignatius? Story. Do you guys know that story? So apparently, Saint Philip Neary and St. Ignatius were contemporaries and they were in the va- They were like, I guess, I guess St. Peter's square would have existed back then. Right. So they're walking somewhere around the, the Vatican and they run into each other. And apparently, you know, St. Ignatius was kind of uptight and St. Mary was your sanguine. He, so St. Mary goes up to Ignatius and he rips the top five buttons of his cast is loosen up Ignatius and runs off. And like apparently <laughs> Ignatius just flipped out. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to kill you, Philip. <laughs> so that was the thing of like, you know, we're always talking about what happens when you do go hard up against a cleric. Right. What are you met by? Oh, brick wall, brick wall. That's a great point. Can you say more about that? Right. Well, if you want to get something done, we're talking about communication. The best way, if you have a, you, you know, you have something, your boss is a cleric. 
you say, you know, I really have this suggestion and I want to, I, I think he's doing something wrong in the way he's, he's running this company right now. I want to get something to him. And you decide to go straight at him and say, this is what you're doing wrong. You're fail. You didn't see this. This is how we got to fix it. And you're just going to get slammed by him. He's never going to be able <laughs> right. to take that. You know, I tried that last week. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to say something about that, Bill? I have nothing. To say. <laughs> classic, uh, classic melancholic. Right. Well, okay. You know, so how do you, how do you deal with like this heart, this choleric? Um, well, first off, you have to gain their respect. And if they view as uncertain, unprepared, you lose their, their winners. And the other thing too, is if you argue with the, you'll never win an argument with a cleric. Mm. And that's, that's the sad reality because what are clerics is proud. And like, in other words, I mean, clerics will admit it like to themselves sometimes that they're wrong, but then it takes a while to like, okay, you're right. Father, do you mind if I tell a story about this that involves you? All right, go ahead. All right. You know how you said you need to gain, you're like, you know, you got to gain the cleric's respond, uh, respect <laughs> at the beginning. I was talking, I was, I was talking to father Ray and he was like, Oh dude, he's like, I've heard so much about you. He's like, yeah. When you like first got to the parish, father Larry was like, Oh, like who is this like skinny kid? He's like, looks like, I could like snap in half. And then the, it was like the next day we went out and we did the junkyard workout for the first time. Like the absolute, we had like just the absolute smoker workout. We just got absolutely blasted. And, and, and I think for, and that from, from that moment on, you're like, all right, he can, he can take it. That's right. We'll, we'll let him stay. We'll see, you know, and then you're already in my book, you know. But I mean, that, that's what the, the thing is, what's the problem with cleric? The cleric's always sizing people up, mm. right? And I think there's a problem with that. It's all, you know, it's like, is this person going to help the mission or not? Right. Okay. So thanks for adding that, Ray. That was a great, <laughs> great anecdote, you know? Um, Full of those quotes. All right. So let's talk about spiritually. Okay. Let's say you're a cleric. Okay. Bill, I think you're a cleric. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think just everybody in the parish no, is a our cleric. Whole <laughs> <laughs> we got a bunch of cleric. What's it like to be a spiritual director to a cleric? Cleric. Uh, it's, it's well, as, uh, as a cleric. No, I'm just kidding. Well, you, well, with a cleric, you know how to deal with. I mean, for me, it's like I mean, I I, I understand how to deal with them because I'm a cleric myself. It's like I I just you have to be careful of mandating things to clerics. You mm. have to kind of like make them think like this is their idea. And you say, you say, well, you know, if you ever thought, when you talk to a cleric, you don't say you should do this because the cleric's like, all right, I'm out of here. Um, Father Flume's a cleric. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so when you're dealing with a cleric, you have to kind of, you have to sort of, I think sometimes it's a problem if you go to a spiritual director as a cleric because what will happen is if you're not careful, there's, it's like a powder keg. You're going to start, you know, yeah, I, I have certain priest friends that I can deal in small doses because we have the same temperament and it's just like, bam, bam, bam. Right. Um, and friendships sometimes, uh, you know, uh, opposites attract even temperaments. Right. But when you're dealing with a cleric, if I'm dealing, say, say you're having a struggle with something and I would say, I was like, did you ever think of it this way and uh, make it more like your, your right, it's your idea and you're sort of proposing Rather than mandating, you're giving them a chance to claim it as their exactly. own. Exactly. And to say, yes, actually, I did have this. And then they kind of expand off of it. Exactly. And they take Does that make sense? So you don't, yeah, here's the thing you never want to come strong on a cleric because they'll shut you down. 
Okay. So you just, you just have to know this. Like if, if, if you, all right. So Bill, let's say if you pick a cleric to be your spiritual director, you have to be forewarned that, uh, and there will come a time where you're going to like, I'm not, talking, I'm not going to listen to this because, and it's not so much that the advice was wrong. It's the way it was presented. Does that make sense? Yep. And I think even like if you're married to a cleric, I mean, sometimes I've married, I think spouses and they're both clerics. I'm like, how did you get married? You know, like, whoa, you know, like sometimes they'll have this. I mean, it, it can work, but it's, it's tough, you know? Um, so does that make sense? Yep. Okay. So yeah. And anyone listen to that, if you have, if you're married to a cleric, you have a cleric kid or, you know, or you're a cleric, I mean, you have to realize that sometimes like the cleric is going to be very insistent on their point of view and not really care about your feelings. And so the cleric has to know that this person actually has feelings and I had to be careful of like trampling on them because I think I know what I'm, what I'm doing is right. Even if it's right. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You want to say something, Jack? I just want to say that they're very competitive and goal oriented. Right. And so I'm not a spiritual director, but I would think that if, if they have the goal in mind, mm. you know, as long as the goal is always before them, they're going to strive to try and get that goal. You know, if they want that, if they if, if they want that, then they're going to strive to get it because they're a competitive person. That's you give them want. something to fight for. Exactly. Yeah, you give them a goal, right? and that's 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 it. You're and you, I think they they cholerics love challenges, but they have to think that it's because you're like you know you're the man, and this is going to help you out. You know, and they're like oh yeah, I am man. You know, whatever. Um, so even if you're not, but anyway, <laughs> build um, them up to tear them down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got it. now. All right, let's all right. So let Bill, let's say let's say you're a priest. And, and a cleric walks into your office. Um, what virtue do you think has to be drilled into a cleric? Uh, it may not be on your list there, but I would say patience, first of all. Patience, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. And just the, um, just the way you have to deal with them. I mean, it, right. you know. Um, uh, yeah, as a counselor, you got to yes. be patient with but got it. Now, let, what what virtue, however, would you be trying to instill on the person coming into you who's a cleric? Hmm. I mean, we we all have to work on this, obviously, but clerics yeah. more so. Uh, help me out here. Anyone? Humility. Yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's humility, and it, it. So this is from the book I got from Ripper. He says a counselor. Yeah or a parent, or a priest, or whatever, or a boss, if you're dealing with a cleric, right, There has to, you have to put the cleric on a strong regimen of humility. Now, including the frequent and daily recitation of the litany of humility. I think it's dangerous. That, I, that prayer. Strap in. Strap in. <laughs> buckle right, up. Jack, say, why, why is this such a hard prayer? You're a cleric. What's going on here? <laughs> if you're a very... Very is Jack a cleric? No, no, <laughs> no, okay. no right. definitely not. But if you are a very dr- hard-driven person, this this prayer will tear you down and make you have to rebuild yourself. Yeah. Does anybody have the litany of humility on them? It's probably on my phone. Yeah. Look it up. up real quick. Yeah. So they basically said that you should get the directee or the person to, or if you're a cleric, you should. Uh, I'm not. I hate to say. It, you tell a cleric you should. They're not going to do it. But if you say it would be good behoove you to do this. Uh, the daily recitation of litany of humility would be very helpful. Say, hey, uh, I've got a challenge for you. I think you're up to this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got can't do this. <laughs> yeah, I can. I'll pray that litany of humility. I'll show you. All right. Um, reading books on humility is something for spiritual reading, but also 
allowing them, to, teaching them to accept humiliations with with uh, with grace. Oof. Yeah, and that's that's hard. When and then that's the thing is like, so if you're <laughs> if you're a cleric and someone humiliates you, it takes a while to come down. Mm. And it's sometimes I after think after you rip their head off. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and so, but, but there, therein lies the virtue. It's like, okay, a, a, a cleric has to know about themselves that I'm going to take this the wrong way if I'm if someone comes up against me. And so, like, we, if we're a cleric, we have to know this. But when you're dealing with a cleric, you have to realize, like, coming on them strong, never going to work. Okay, all right. Part all of right. that litany of humility is from the fear of. It says, "Deliver me, O, o Lord, from the fear of being ridiculed." Of being Ooh. wronged, of being suspected, that others may be loved more than I, that others may increase and I may decrease. I mean, this is like all against oh, the cleric right. code of honor right here. That others may be praised and I unnoticed. Right. That's what clerics want, right? Eh. You know, yeah. So, I mean, but that that's why it's good to pray that because a cleric has to get, their head has to shrink. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the next one. The melancholic. Mm. Okay. Here we go. Um, so the melancholic is your introverted deep thinker. Uh, they tend to not feel at home in a crowd. Uh, they're kind of the wallflower, um, self-conscious, easily embarrassed, timid, bashful, uh, doesn't like talking in front of a group, prefers to work and play alone, good in details, very careful, deliberative, deliberative, slow in making decisions. Now, a cleric just does things without thinking, okay? He's very rash and just kind of, let's do this, you know? But a, a, a melancholic actually thinks about it. Um, kind of distant, except with intimate friends. Like, they don't like, they don't have, like, a big network of friends. Um, and uh, But if you're a, a melancholic, will be faithful to death if they're your friend, okay? Like, they just, if they're your friend, they're a friend for life, Okay. Um, there's, um, some of the saints that were, this is interesting. I thought this was, this is interesting. Um, St. John, the apostle was a melancholic, mm. right? St. Therese of Lisieux, right? The little way, <laughs> you know, I, when you read the little way, which I, I struggle with, I mean, you could tell that she's like, it's like, it's like hypersensitive and then St. Bernard of Claveau and then Padre Pio was actually a melancholic. Yeah. That's strange. I was, I kind of, I mean, and I, I would never, if you look at a picture of Padre Pio, like, oh, that guy's sensitive. But he is, he was just sort of like, he didn't, he was a very deep thinker. And I guess uh, it's interesting. I, I would. Bilocated as a choleric. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. What are some positive traits? Con, uh, melancholics are very contemplative. They're, they're, they're phenomenal praying. They, they, they love to just sit and meditate. Um, they do really well in it. They can move very fast in the spiritual life. Um, they're sympathetic. They're very good at like you know dealing with people's feelings. They're a good companion. Um, some of the negative aspects of a melancholic is they surrender easily. It says in the book. I don't know what that means. Surrender easily. Yeah, they give up the fight. Like they're because they're like they do the opposite of the cleric. Exactly. When the on. They're like, all right, I'm done. I, I get. I don't want to argue about this. All right, and they'll just shut down to a fault. To a fault. Okay. Uh, over sometimes be. A little overly serious, um, a little as irresolute and dreamy. They tend to have a negative outlook mm. more than a positive. Um, the sins that, that they struggle with, we talk about the cleric, right? The sins of the of the cleric are pride and anger, right? The sins of a melancholic are fear, sorrow, and despair. Yep. Like they just sort of like crawl into their hole and like, oh, no one loves me. 
And um, it's just, but it's the reason is because they're such deep thinkers. All right. I'm the sure. Th- uh, sorry, I'm sure scrupulosity kind of can fit in there too when you're thinking so much. They're you know constantly overthinking everything that that kind of just immediately lends itself to a little bit of scrupulous. Yeah, that's that's actually. Uh, I had that written down here. I think that's right. They said they tend to struggle with scruples, despond and despondency. So like they'll like overanalyze everything. They're like, oh, did I sin? You know, and like to a to a fault where like everything is is wrong. Um, they have a very clear sense of good and evil, which is great, but they can like overanalyze everything. So it's called I call it the paralysis of overanalysis. So they confess not going to mass, even though there's this dispensation. Probably they would. Yeah. They, 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 people that struggle with scrupulosity, which we can do at another podcast, which, uh, where they say, like, for instance, um, a, t- a classic example of a screw of someone who has scrupulosity would be like, you know, bless me, Father, for I've sinned. Um, I heard that, you know, Roy Rogers uh, supports uh, Planned Parenthood. I bought a hamburger. I didn't think I should go to communion. I went to communion. It's like, all right, well, there's a whole sort of catechesis. You say, well, that's the re- definitely remote cooperation with evil. Like you just bought a hamburger. Uh, you're not guilty of, of promoting the, you know, the pro-choice, uh, you know, ideology. You're fine. You know, but they'll look at everything like they get paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that's, that's extreme cases. Okay. Not, not every melancholic does that. Um, so, uh, they, so one of the things about melancholics is that they're hype. They're, very sensitive. And another thing I re- in my studies on this is they find it very hard to forgive. Now, why would you think that is? Now, who? All right, let's go back. Which one is, forgives like in a heartbeat? Uh, sanguine. Yeah, sanguines. They're like, all right, we're cool. You know, they get in a fight in the backyard. And like, no all worries. Right, yeah, yeah, let's have a beer. Yeah. We're done. Melancholic, not so easy. You know, uh, I would say it's probably because it hits them harder. Yes. Right. So like it, when you when it <laughs> when you attack me, I'm going to be taking that interiorly, I'm not going to be expressing it either. Yeah, hold it in. Yeah. Just mulling over and it. And then it just builds up, and you're just going to fall apart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you won't express yourself because you're afraid of how it will come across. So it's sort of a du- it's sort of a double-edged sword, you know? Right. Um, so, um, and remember, they, they it's, it's sometimes they, uh, um, what are some of the, some of the things uh, they also struggle with? It's, interesting enough is um, confession. Melancholics struggle with confession, not so much because they don't want to go. They're afraid of how they sound. So they, they're always there. They, a lot of times when they're, when they're articulating their words, it's like, they'll say something like, oh, I didn't think come out right because their thoughts are moving so deeply oh, yeah. that when it's hard for them to express articulately, like what they're trying to say. And you can always get that sense that they'll, they'll get a, a rhythm going, but it's harder for them to go a little bit deeper because they're afraid of how they'll sound. You know, now one piece of advice, if someone, if you're a priest, you know, or you're dealing with someone uh, in the confessional, who's a melancholic, you tell them to write it down prior there there. You'll notice that a melancholic, when they communicate via email or a text, it's so much clearer than it is when they talk to you. Yep. Yep. Right. And I think if you're married to a melancholic, you just, hey, just text me that. <laughs> you know, I'm serious. I've told Charles, like, just text it, okay? You know, like, email it, think about it, and then maybe talk about it later. <laughs> you know, I mean, sometimes important matters or writing in a letter and just, here you go, read this. You know, it might actually work better. I, th- I think my mom's like that a lot. And so whenever, like, dad and mom get in a fight, my mom will, like, 
write a letter. Right. She'll just write a letter with all of her thoughts, you know, close it up, hand it to dad. <laughs> and that way she gets the message clearly to him without slipping up or anything. It's, That's kind it's of awesome. really awesome. Yeah. That is using cool. hand gestures like a cleric. <laughs> 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 yeah. But I'm sure he's like, he sees the envelope. He's like, oh, no. Yeah. The envelope. <laughs> Wakes up. There's one next to <laughs> It's like a stack of envelopes. <laughs> oh, it's been a bad week. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to make my point, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, Can we talk strengths of Melcock? I feel like we talked a lot about Yeah, I know. Your, uh, uh, well, like, okay, some of the strengths. Are, they do have strengths, for sure. Um, well, like I said, <clears throat> they're very <clears throat> they're very compassionate, and they are, are um, very, they can be very, remember, St. John was a content, was a content with St. Therese. They're very, they're very good at uniting themselves with God, okay? Um, and they, they'll give you a perspective uh, especially, it's uh, melancholic can help like a cleric or a sanguine tremendously because they'll look at things from a much deeper perspective. Okay, it takes a while to get it out of them, but once it comes out, do you ever? All right, let's say in the seminary, don't you have? There's that like that dude at the seminary that they say nothing, but then when they talk, it's like they dropped a grenade and it was like just pearls of wisdom. Name him. All right, go, Josh. <laughs> I mean, I, I this is a compliment, really. Uh, we have a seminarian for the Archdiocese of Washington, Tong Nguyen. Oh, oh yeah, uh, dude, legend. Yeah, right. I met. Much, a, I finally he, got to meet. I met this guy yesterday. Yeah, doesn't Living talk insane. much, but like when he talks, Bob's it, coming. Really, <laughs> and Bob's dropping on it. He's melancholic, probably. I'll I give would, it to him. I think yeah, so. Yeah, I would. I think right. so. I think All right, can you give so me? Can you give me a scenario where that happened? Uh, well, okay, this is perfect. He doesn't really talk much, but he gives reflections once in a while before dinner because we all have to give reflections, and his reflections are always, like, the best by far. Like, he'll just, like, he's like, brothers, love Jesus. Like, and, and, but, like, it's so deep, and he just loves the Lord, and it's so beautifully expressed. So he has this deep interior life, clearly, right. that's expressed only once in a blue moon. Because that's when he, that's the only times he does it, you know. Right. How, are, how are Ray's reflections? <laughs> <laughs> this was his first year. Uh, it wasn't very good, but, you know. The heck, man. <laughs> you don't like the hockey story? <laughs> I can't even remember that. I'm sorry. Ooh. <laughs> hey, be, care, be, be quiet, cleric. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, well, and that's interesting. I think that's that's the beauty of a melancholic is they, they, they just, they tend to see, you know, at a deeper level and they they really can i mean melancholics are just great spiritual directors they can be great counselors i mean look at padre pio for pete's sake i mean mm -hmm. the guy was a rock star in the catholic church and it's just an amazing priest and just and when you read his quotes like if you just got one of the best things for prayer is go type in padre pio quotes and just like like cut and paste them on your notes and then I mean, you have stuff to pray about for like 16 weeks. I mean, and each quote is like, bam, you know? Um, and I think that's what a melancholic brings to the table is because they're not superficial and they think of things on in a very deep level. When they speak, it's like, wow. I mean, it's like, it's uh, Father Sam was kind of like a, a little melancholic. Amen. Yeah, I mean, like, he was like subtle. He was like the assassin. And like, he, from the pulpit, you're like, wow. I mean, like, he would say it in such a way, like, there's a lot of thought behind that, you know? You know who else exactly. is? Who? Father Qureshi. 
Oh yeah. That man when he when he writes down, he writes out one of his reflections or yeah. a homily and it just blows everybody's minds. <laughs> no question. Yeah. I've heard him hurt priest three times and every single time. Like he was at the men's rec- recollection. Yep. Pro life mass. Oh yeah. Drilled it. Drilled it. And it and it was like but it was like very th- well thought out. Good Friday. Oh, good Friday. Yeah. <laughs> that was I mean, that was killer. And it was but it's like cuz I mean, the, he's, he's very social. And very sociable, but he was like, he'd rather kind of like, he, he's, he's totally cool. Just hanging out by himself, praying. You he know. loved the quarantine. Yeah. He was so happy. Yeah. I'm like, not, I'm like crawling off the walls and he's like, oh, I love this. I'm like, ah, get me out of here. You know? <laughs> yeah. But it's, 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 um, it is, that's, that's the beauty of it. Uh, so, um, here's another thing too. If you know someone who's, who's a, a melancholic or if you're a melancholic, you always have to tell yourself this. It's not as bad as it seems. That's it's real. It's not as bad as it seems. What's a good occupation for a melancholic? The priesthood of Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, good Why answer. Ding. Yeah, good answer, Jack. That was awesome. You know? Yeah, I mean, priest. I mean, they they actually um, um, they're good counselors. Uh, priesthood is actually in that in that list. I used to have a list of this. I don't have. You can actually look this stuff up. And if you look at mel- like the temperaments and like jobs that you're good at to list them you know that's a great question really anything people oriented i would i would assume anything that uh right. yeah that that's people oriented but definitely allows and needs a listener freedom to yeah exactly actual yeah. listeners which a lot of people like people are starving for that you know i think one of the things well you obviously know this from this podcast just shut me up but it's like a lot of times like that's the downfall of a cleric is like someone's trying to talk you're like okay okay this is what you need to do but a melancholic is like they're just listening and listening and listening, and they'll say like a gem, and everyone's like, "That guy is amazing, right?" And they didn't always said is like, "Love Jesus." And you're like, "I said that fourteen hundred times." You're like, yeah, but like you said earlier, it, you can tell how deep it is, yeah, and how, where it's coming from, right? And that's really what separates them, right? Are you taking a dig at me, Jack? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Brick wall. <laughs> okay. All right. So there we go. Write it down. If you're a phlegmatic, uh, tell yourself it's not as bad as it seems, but also no, you got, you got melancholic. I mean, do what I say? Oh, melancholic. I think melancholic. were you trying to say what I think you were, uh, <laughs> how, do, how would you propose this to a cleric? Um, do you think maybe you were thinking of a different temperament? Father? Yes. Right. I think I was. Oh, so okay. if, if you're a melancholic, Good idea, if you're a melancholic, Tell yourself it's not as bad as it seems and write it down. And um, Great and idea. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Bill. Awesome. Right, great. So humble, too. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Phlegmatic. All right. All right. Phlegmatic. All right. Here we go. Um, I actually have I, I have a, I have a priest in mind who's like the classic phlegmatic, my friend, Father Anthony Pelleggi. All right. If any of my friends out there, you know, priests, you know what I'm talking about. This guy, this big Italian guy, and he was just like steady Eddie, but like – he was, he never got angry and never got, he's just like the same, like monotone all the time. I mean, great athlete, but never got worked up on the field. Um, mm-hmm. But like, you couldn't push him hard. He was like, he had to go at his own speed. Okay. So I think it's, um, let's talk about a, phlegma, a, a phlegmatic here. Let's see, 659 in my book. Give me a second here and I'll talk about the traits, traits of a phlegmatic. Here we go. Good characteristics of a phlegmatic are they work slowly but assiduously. 
They are not easily irritated by insults, misfortune, or sickness. They usually remain tranquil, discreet, and sober. They have a great deal of common sense and mental balance. They do not possess the inflammable passions of the sanguine temperament, the deep passions of the melancholic temperament, or the ardent passions of the choleric temperament. They just don't have any feeling. (laughs) All right. In their speech, they're orderly, clear, positive, and measured rather than florid and picturesque. Um, They're more suited to scientific work, which involves long and patient research and minute investigation than to original production. So that's sort of a uh, outline of, of what they, what they are. Okay, here we go. Saints that were phlegmatic. I was shocked. Thomas Aquinas. Boom. Boom. How did you get that? It was on the internet before I. Oh, but still, like, yeah, Thomas Aquinas, <laughs> and I. But yeah, it makes sense, right? But I, I, well, because they call him the dumb ox, right? So like, he was when people saw him, they didn't take him seriously because he was just sort of like this brilliant mind, but he just worked very like, you know, didn't show a lot of emotions, but in that brain of his, he's like thinking about everything and then i mean have you ever seen the summa how big that is could you imagine how much patience how much how how steady you'd have to be to actually write that entire thing I mean, right it just got up like, dun, dun, dun. let's write another thing you know yep it's amazing and then uh blessed john that or now it's saint john the 23rd was a phlegmatic you know um all right some some uh secular things that were phlegmatic calvin coolidge tim duncan <laughs> tim oh, duncan? that makes tons of sense really Oh, yeah. He's like yeah. total blank face. He like won the championship and he's just like. No emotion. <laughs> no emotion. <laughs> yes. Really? Alex yeah. Honnold. <laughs> yeah. Sandy Koufax. And then here's another one. Keanu Reeves. Actually, that I, makes I sense. See uh, it. Yeah. Okay. Dude, like, I thought Keanu's a little melancholic. You know, he's, he's kind, kind of, of he's a deep thinker. Everyone thinks uh, he's always like in his, you know. <laughs> uh, depends on the movie, I guess, you know. Right. He also plays sanguine. I mean, like Bill and Teddy's a sanguine. Right. Yeah. And then he was like with, uh, Matrix, you know, whatever. John Wick. John Wick, he's big time choleric. Big he's just, time, yeah. He was totally out of character. <laughs> he's struggling with that. Um, <laughs> Great movie. Okay, so what's all right? So let's talk about the positive with a phlegmatic. We can't show those on movie night, though. What's that? We can't show. <laughs> who would who would <laughs> ever do that? <laughs> so who would? Why would anyone ever do some choleric? Crazy. I would like to apologize right now to my Saint Raphael's. <laughs> oh, right. well, I just want to put this out in the podcast. Like now, Ford versus Friday. If you don't watch it, please. All right. Uh, I just found out it's got some terrible language in it. Okay, I'm just gonna put it out there. Uh, I was kind of happy it got rained out. We're gonna we're gonna go back to the drawing board. The problem is there's such great stories, but they just put all this garbage in there. So anyway, it's just got terrible language, and they use God's name in vain, uh, apparently way too much. So glad that got canceled. So just anyone out there, if you did watch, I apologize. I wasn't aware of like how much language was in it. Okay, but we'll we'll recommit. All right, so. Um, all right, let's talk about the phlegmatic. All right, positive things. They're very stable. They're but they're but what's the thing that drives you nuts about a phlegmatic is they move too slow. Um, you're like, can you get this done? And they're they're doing it, but it's at their pace. All right. So, Jack, um, um you got uh, two things. One is they're lazy and they love, they don't they like their little comfort zones. They like to have their little, you know, want to go home, sit on the couch, watch your television. Yeah, whatever, you know, um, so smoke, smoke a pipe. Maybe. Okay. <clears throat> How do you deal with a phlegmatic? Gosh, well, I would want to like bring them out of their comfort zone a little bit, uh, but I would have to do that their way. Ooh. And so I think maybe with thought provoking questions, something that gets them to kind of get out of themselves a little bit, um, 
maybe we'll open them up a little bit. Right. So let's say you're phlegmatic and, you know, uh, you, you, you want to start workout routine. The worst thing you do to phlegmatic is like get them to like just do a f- one hour workout. It's the worst, especially this morning. <laughs> <laughs> that was so. Can we talk this? Are you are you a phlegmatic? No, Jack's a sanguine. You're a sanguine. I think I'm a mix of a few things, but you might have a little flame. At the se- at the seminary, I will say I can pretty confidently say I think you're a sanguine. At the seminary, yeah, is he like the center of the room? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's there right. you go. <laughs> I'm a star. What can I say? No. <laughs> Shanahan just walked in the room. Everyone <laughs> knows it. All right. So now one of the things is you actually have to, if you have a kid, like some, some, some parents have kids that are phlegmatics and like they're good kids, but they're like, can you just get motivated? And they're just frustrated with them. All right. Now here's, I've, I've like, all right. So here's the thing. I'm a, I'm a cleric and I have phlegmatics and spiritual direction. And I've learned this the hard way, which you don't do to a phlegmatic is push. You have to push them, but you can't what push them too hard because they'll just like shut down all right so i so for instance like i like at one particular case where like you know it's like all right you need to do a whole hour every day and you gotta do this and you know ah, rah. and like the person came it was just so overwhelmed after the meeting like they're like i don't want to go back to this guy you know and then like like, is that, like later i was like so how'd you do and they were like they did like 20 percent of what i said and of course the cleric's like well, you know what's going on here and then i realized like no you have to do very specific things, but it has to be very manageable and you, you, uh, build up on that gradually. So say for instance, like, you know, phlegmatic, you know, rather than say, pray the whole rosary, you say every day, I want you to pray one decade. Mm. Uh, you wouldn't give them a holy hour to start off. You say, I want you to do 10 minutes. And once you get 10 minutes, we'll do 15. Once you do 15, we do 20, right? Because that's how they think. And they'll do it. If you give them that, but if you overwhelm a phlegmatic, they'll just they'll just cower. So it's just something if you if you have kids that are phlegmatics, you're good kids and you know you don't have to worry about them too much. They're just kind of hanging out at home and whatever. But you, the thing that frustrates you is they don't do anything. All right. So you could say, and so it's not like, all right, when I get home, clean the house. You're like, no, when I get home, I just want you to cut the backyard. And they'll do that. Then they'll go back to the couch. <laughs> you know, do, do, do. very good. So next time we're going to up at an ante and we're going to do the front yard and the backyard. <laughs> oh, monumental. Um, the nice thing about phlegmatics is they're very, they're very faithful, you know, uh, but you want to push them though. They don't, they actually don't mind being pushed, but you can't push them too hard. They want to be pushed and they, they need you to push them, but you got to be careful about how you push them. That's basically what you're doing. Okay. And so, I just want to say something about the uh, the tasks and the mowing and everything. Right. Early on in, in my <laughs> spiritual journey in high school, the priest that I had spiritual direction with, he was like, okay, Jack, all I want you to do is go to the chapel once a day for five minutes and then get out of there. And he, he said, don't stay. He said, don't stay. I don't want you to stay with Jesus. I want you to get out of there. Because what's going to happen is you're going to start staying. You're going to th- get, like, worn out by it. You're not going to want to go back. So just go for five minutes, and then that built up over time. Wow. Yeah, but it, it actually had a huge impact on me, and that's where it really got started for me in my spiritual journey. Really? Well, that's a great thing. It's, it's, and then you weren't overwhelmed with it? Yeah, no, it's so easy. Yeah. It was five minutes, Father. Yeah. You're doing more than five minutes now, right, Jack? <laughs> just barely. <laughs> like 15. Uh, He's at, at six least. and a half. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a warrior. <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> All right. Very cool. Well, I think um, you guys want to chime in. Anything else? Okay, so I hope that helped. I mean, it's just, all right, so here's the deal. Listen, don't try it at the dinner table tonight or the next staff meeting, okay? This takes, you know. <laughs> it takes time. It takes time. This is an art. And then, right. but you got to learn how to talk with the different temperaments. You got to know what your temperament is, what your weaknesses are. Okay, once again, the if you're phlegmatic, the problem is you're lazy, okay? That's your problem. Just own up. Own it. You don't want to do anything. Get off the couch, all right? Not too much, but get off the couch and do something, all right? You're, you know, and I just think that's, that's the thing is you got to know this about yourself is you got to challenge yourself. Okay. Now, the other thing is we're not a victim to our temperaments. Okay. And you actually, you study that you can change with God's grace, mm-hmm. you know, but it's going to be hard. So a lot of things with this is laziness and just not wanting to be pushed. Okay. You just got to, you got to, you got to be pushed a little bit. Okay. Go to spirit destruction. Not to me. Okay. No, if you're <laughs> phlegmatic, I'm just joking, you know, but, um, but that, but anyway, um, so let's end it there. Well, thanks for chiming in, Bill. Okay. Let's do a little blessing. And then, why don't we do a St. Michael prayer first and then a blessing. All right. St. Michael, the archangel defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke and we humbly pray and thou, O Prince of the heavenly host by the power of God cast into hell, Satan, and all the evil spirits that prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. And may God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Wait, just for the record, though, what is Father Jack? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, our, new, oh, me, our, our new priest? Uh, well, I, I don't know him that well. I don't know. Yeah, he's kind of mysterious. Like which, mysterious. One is, which one tends to be mysterious? You'll know within like two weeks. Or you'll know, you'll yeah. know within, I, from what I hear, he's kind of, kind of a cleric. Um, just what the parish needs. Yeah, we need another cleric, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's worse so far. Yeah, I mean, I think he's kind of, uh, from what I've observed, um, yeah, he's got a lot of traits of like, let's get it done. You know, I'll put my conversations. I, I'm going to take a stab. It's probably a cleric. All right, stay tuned. All right, we'll find out.